Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, so there's certainly a number of different things here to discuss, given what's gone, o- gone on over the weekend, and a number of other stories that are occurring here, and, and some victories as well, which is a fantastic thing to say the least, and could certainly set a precedent for uh, going forward here in the future when it comes to individual rights, in particular in educational settings. So, this first story, again, comes from uh, lawofficer.com, and this has to do with an Ohio professor who refused to use a student's preferred pronouns, which weren't, of course, accurate to their biological sex, and then they were removed from the university, and then they sued, and then they won. Um... So there you go. But it's titled here, I'm going to read through this because the specifics of this, again, are remarkably important. And it's a, again, it's a, it's a victory, to say the least. Uh, it's titled, Ohio Professor Who Refused School Order on Transgender Pronouns Wins Case in Court. And this comes again from Ohio. And the location of this uh, university, Shawnee State University, is is interesting because Shawnee State is located in the south-central portion of Ohio where there's really nothing around. So again, this idea that these kinds of um, ridiculous overreaches that occur among professors, that they only occur in big schools uh, that are heavily populated with lots of students in you know, sort of well-to-do areas, that's not the case. So it goes on here and it says, quote, an Ohio college professor who resisted his school's orders to go along with transgender students' preferred pronouns has won his First Amendment case before a federal appeals court. In a unanimous ruling, the 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals said that Shawnee State University violated Professor Nicholas Merriweather's rights of free speech and free exercise of religion by punishing him for resisting school rules that forced him to address students in the terms of their choosing. Merriweather, a philosophy professor and devout Christian, sued Shawnee State, claiming that its mandate to use terms that conflict with biology infringed on his religious belief that gender is fixed from the moment of conception. Which, of course, it is. That's, that's, I'm shocked people aren't yelling, but trust the science, because, you know, they should. So there's that. Uh, it continues here, quote, The court's decision written by, judge, by a judge appointed on the bench by President Trump uh, and issued Friday upheld Merriweather's argument. Quote, The First Amendment interests are especially strong here because Merriweather's speech also relates to his core religious and philosophical beliefs. If professors lacked free speech protections when teaching, a university would wield alarming power to compel ideological conformity, added Thapper, Judge Thapper. There you go. Merriweather is a 25-year member of Shawnee State faculty. He was reprimanded in 2016 after a transgender student complained that he used Mr. instead of Mrs. when responding to the student in class. The ruling clears the way for the professor to pursue a lawsuit seeking damages, the Post reported. Quote, nobody should be forced to contradict their core beliefs just to keep their job, said John Bursch, a lawyer with the conservative 
Alliance Defending Freedom, who represented Meriwether in court. In some law enforcement jurisdictions, officers have been given the same directive as Meriwether. This case might have impact for those agencies within the jurisdiction of the Sixth Circuit. No kidding. Again, this is, this is a very, very good thing here. Uh, unfortunately, it's the departments of diversity, inclusion, and what have you that are creating an opportunity for students to complain when they feel like they've been slighted. They get their feelings hurt. Uh, and then it gives them a place to go and complain. The other, the other part that's really destructive regarding this entire thing, from again the people who decided to fire him and the people who decided to, to go after him professionally, is that those very departments or those very committees or groups operate in an anonymous fashion. So again, a student can basically say, well, the professor said this and I didn't like it. And then they go into that office and they can file a complaint. Over the smallest thing, instead of just having a conversation with the professor. But then again, uh, we have free speech in this country and we're supposed to. And if you don't like what's being heard or what's being said in a classroom setting, too bad. Either deal with it, drop the class, take another class, or... I don't know, get a thicker skin, toughen up. But goodness gracious, when, when something is simple like this and, and something that's as truthful as calling a person mister when in fact they are a mister and they are a man and a, and a professor loses their job over that, think of, think of the state of affairs that we're currently in when such a thing is actually allowed to, to, to occur. Um, it's, it's beyond awful to say the least. Now, speaking of awful, Dr. Fauci is back at it again, and again, this comes from the Gateway Pundit by Cassandra Fairbanks, and it's titled, Government Cruelty, Fauci Says Children Must Wear Masks to Play Together. And then there's a little video here of him discussing it, which I'll play here in a second. But uh, it says, White House, quote, White House Health Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, is now warning that children must wear masks to play together as if the shutdowns haven't already been hard enough on our children. The controversial figure told Margaret Brennan during an interview with Face the Nation, quote, when the children go out into the community, we want them to continue to wear masks when they're interacting with groups or multiple households. Quote, the children can, le- can clearly wind up getting infected, Fauci added. When asked if it would be okay for kids to go to summer camps and playgrounds this summer, Fauci said that it was conceivable that will be possible. See, here's the issue with Fauci before I play this audio. Fauci is a psychopath. And Amazing Polly has an excellent video on her BitChute account, which I highly recommend you go over and and check out. In fact, I'll probably just, I I will link uh, Amazing Polly's video link in the description of this podcast. So I highly recommend you watch it. But essentially, she's describing um, writings from another author from a while back, a medical doctor, and he's discussing uh, both psychiatry and psychopaths. Um, from a medical standpoint. And, and one of the major points he brings up is this, and it's basically the Obi-Wan Kenobi statement that he makes in the Star Wars movie A New Hope where he says, uh, who's, who's more the fool, um, the fool or the fool who follows him? 
It's the same with psychopathology. Who's more the psychopath? The psychopath or the people who follow the psychopath? So, again, th these are massive questions that have to be asked here, but for anybody to consistently tune in their television and follow this individual and, and, and take what they say as, as actually viable, I've never trusted this person. Not ever. I watched all of the... Uh, uh, what were they called? It's now a year ago, a full year ago. Uh, the coronavirus task force meetings. There it is. Got it. I, I watched those, and I watched them to see not what so much what what these lunatics would say, but what the president of the United States would say, because he brought up a lot of facts that were quickly dismissed by both Burks and Fauci and a few other individuals, and you could see the constant conflict even between the individuals that the president would bring up who would support him and bring up alternative means and cures and how all of this is easily curable, in particular all the hydroxychloroquine talk. That was some of the funniest stuff that you saw because it was true. And just the looks on Fauci's face and Burks's face when, they, when he would start talking about hydroxychloroquine because, again, they knew that the cure already existed. And that cure, by the way, is for common cold, flu, a number of different things. But uh, just listen, anybody who listens to this person, again, who, who's more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows them? So here's his audio and uh, what he says, and give this a listen real quick. Now to the president's chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Good morning to you, doctor. Good morning, Margaret. You have been warning all month that we are stuck. We are plateauing at a high level of infection. You just heard that. Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, we're seeing spikes. What's driving these infections? Is it the new variants? Well, you know, the variants are playing a part, but it is not completely the variants. What we're likely seeing is because of things like spring break and pulling back on the mitigation methods that you've seen now, several states have done that. I believe it's premature, Margaret, because when I've, I've said many times to you that when you're coming down from a big peak and you reach a point and start to plateau, once you stay at that plateau, you're really in danger of a surge coming up. And unfortunately, that's what we're starting to see. We got stuck at around 50,000 new cases per day, went up to 60,000 the other day. And that's really a risk. We've seen that in our own country. And that's exactly what's happened in Europe. In this guy's full of it. He's 100% full of it. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play the entire ten minutes, but I'm gonna skip ahead here and play a few other parts. The guy's full of it. He's got a serious problem. He's repeating himself, and this again, quote unquote, invisible enemy, as it's sometimes been described. It's uh, I mean, my God, you can fool just about anybody with something that's invisible. Oh, watch out! Watch out! There's something behind you. Watch out! And then they keep looking, and there's nothing there. It's, it's no different with this. For parents who are trying to plan their summers, what does that mean? Can they send their kids to summer camp? Can they allow them to play again on playgrounds? You know, it is conceivable that that will be possible, Margaret, because what we're seeing is, you know, as you just mentioned on the piece, we now have 3 to 3.5 million vaccinations each day. 
if we keep up at that pace, invariably, that's going to drive the rate and the level of infections per day to a much, much lower level. If we get into the summer and you have a considerable percentage of the, of the population vaccinated and the level in the community gets below that plateau that's worrying me and my colleagues in public health, it is conceivable that you have a good degree of flexibility during the summer, even with the children, with things like camps. We don't know that for sure, but I think that's an, uh, an aspirational goal that we should go for. So if parents are vaccinated, they still do need to be concerned about their unvaccinated children playing together in groups. Is that right? Yeah, the children can clearly wind up getting infected. When we talk about what you can do when you're vaccinated, you can certainly have members of a family, if the adults are vaccinated, and you're in the home with your child, you don't need to wear a mask and you can have physical contact. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks when they're interacting with groups from multiple households. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for your permission. He's a psychopath. There's no way around it. The man is a psychopath. He is a war criminal. This is a crime against humanity. Listening to the sound of his voice is like nails on a chalkboard and sandpaper on the brain. It really is. Um, I'm not going to play any more of that just because he drives me up the wall, as I'm sure he does everybody who listens to this. So we're all on the same plane there, hopefully. Uh, This last story is also alarming, and I'm going to put a link to this PDF uh, in the description here, so I highly recommend that you give this entire thing a read, because it really is ridiculous. But um, this is an Antifa manual that was apparently found on the campus of the Evergreen State College, and... uh, On page four, I'm not going to read through the whole thing because it's it's really not very long. I want to say it's maybe 10 pages is all, if not a little less than that. But on page four, it describes social media and what what apparently Antifa has in, in store for controlling the media. So the section is called Control the Media. And a few paragraphs down, here's what it says about education. Because again... They're fully interested in infiltrating K-12 education, and we know they already have. They're fully interested in infiltrating higher education, and we know they already have. They're running these institutions, by and large, and the people who think this way are, are certainly running countless places like this. So, you know, it, it, well, certainly when they're interested in indoctrinating your children anyway. So here, here's a paragraph that comes from page four. It says, quote, Again, this is an Antifa document. It's basically an Antifa manifesto. Um, and it's laughable because these sound like children who were never spanked when they were, when they were kids. Um, they just need, a, they need to be bent over someone's knee and spanked. So anyway, it says this, quote, Many of us first learned about Antifa and gained our views on college campuses and universities across the country. This needs to start earlier. Take up teaching as a profession. Educate the youth about the dangers of fascism. Befriend those vulnerable students who you suspect of having fascist-leaning parents. Teach little Timmy not just how to read good, but also how to think and act good. That's, that's their paragraph 
on what Antifa has planned for American K-12 education. Now, in just that one paragraph, which is uh, at least three, about four sentences long, the last sentence is really embarrassing. Um, teach little Timmy not just how to read good, but also how to think and act good. How about speaking well? How about reading well and acting well? You don't end a sentence with the word good. That's, it's grammatically incorrect. So, again, this entire document is laughable. The people who wrote it are complete idiots. Uh, again, we know that there are countless Antifa supporters who are in K-12 education and have become school teachers. These people have to be exposed for who they are, where they teach, um, and they need to be outed as quickly as possible. But again, in this ridiculous Antifa manifesto of theirs, they lay it out pretty clear that um, your children are their target. And you need to know, as I've said on this podcast a million times, I'll say it a million and one and longer than that too, many more times than that rather, that you need to know who your parents' teachers are. You need to meet them. You need to put eyes on them. You need to extend your hand to shake their hand. Make sure that they aren't wearing a mask so that you can identify who they are. And then you need to talk with them and ask them very poignant questions. And uh, it shouldn't take too long for you to figure out how they lean, what their real motives are, and again, consistently asking your child what's being discussed in a classroom setting, even over a Zoom call, is highly important. Because again, these people have no qualms about giving themselves away in public. They talk throughout this document about hiding themselves, and we need to hide, and we need to sort of lurk in the shadows, and then we need to take over institutions and blah, blah, blah. These people stand out like a sore thumb. They just do. They talk a particular way. They walk a particular way. They smell a particular way. They dress a particular way. You can pick them out of a lineup. It's not, it's not a difficult task. So you may not have to ask your, your, your child's teacher any questions, per se, or teachers any questions, maybe you can just look at them and get a pretty good idea as to how they lean and, and what's going on. Um, it's really a disturbing document to say the least because they have, of course, everything backwards as they, as they themselves are backwards. Not to mention the document itself looks like somebody's wiped themselves with it. It's covered in stains and it's a dirty little piece of paper and whatever else. But again, I will put the link to that PDF uh, in the description. I highly recommend you download it and and check it out and read the entire thing because it is frightening. And again, in in uh, very short order here, they they tell you exactly what they have planned for American education. And they've already infiltrated American education. We already know that. This next piece of audio here was tossed to me on Gab. Uh, just another sad state of affairs if this person is, in fact, an actual school teacher. Um, I'm going to play the audio. They're ranting about Band-Aids and how Band-Aids are white privilege because they are Caucasian colored, I guess. I don't know. These people are just nuts. They're absolutely nuts. I'm going to jump in at the end and uh, make a few comments, but here you go. White privilege. Think about it. Whose flesh tone is this? I have brown band-aids in my classroom. 
I had to special order them. They're twice as much as these and they're hard to find and they're frequently out of stock. But when I hand a brown child a white Band-Aid, I am literally adding insult to injury and I refuse to do that in my classroom. Okay. Normally I wouldn't give someone like this too much time, but I'm going to because there's a number of things I think that are important to sort of examine here. First of all, when it comes to this particular individual and people like them, they remind me very clearly of the movie Inception. And if you've ever seen that movie, I'm not going to ruin it because it really is an excellent movie and very well written. But it's a movie about manipulating the present by entering a dream state uh, by way of I don't know, I guess they inoculate themselves or, or whatever it is, but they inject themselves into a dream state. And then when they're in that dream state, they can even go deeper into dreams. So you're dreaming. And then as you're dreaming, you then fall asleep or you inoculate yourself in that dream. And then you're in another dream. And by the end of the movie, they try to go six or seven dreams deep. So it's a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream and so on and so on. This level of brainwashing regarding this particular teacher is just like Inception. And I've described this before to people I know, but there is no length of rope that is long enough to be able to drop down that hole of insanity and actually have them even grab it, let alone pull them up above their heads, above ground level to where they can actually see any, any reality whatsoever. They're too far gone. This person is too far gone. They've gone out of their way because they think that Band-Aids are racist. So they purposely try to find darker Band-Aids to give to darker students. I mean, think about that. Talk about, talk about insensitive or bigoted behavior. I mean, she's actually segregating her students now based on Band-Aids. So she has, let's say... You know, we'll imagine this. Unfortunately, we have to imagine this because it's so insane that, you know, what else do we have? She has a, a drawer, and in that drawer she has white well, – they're, they're not white Band-Aids, by the way. They're just lighter colored. Lighter colored Band-Aids and then darker colored Band-Aids. Two students come up to her. One is a black student. One is a white student. And she decides to, to, to hand the white student the, the lighter Band-Aids, and then she goes, oh, no, wait a minute, sorry, um, black student, I have to go get the darker Band-Aids for you. I mean, think about that. Again, it's inception. She's so far gone that you cannot possibly save this human being. Not to mention, if Band-Aids are at the top of her list of things to think about, Think of what she's not teaching. Think of how ineffective of an educator she actually is. It really is a window into the mind. When you, when you hear these individuals speak and talk, and I know somebody's saying the same thing about me right now, but honest to God, the thoughts that she has, I've never had in my entire life. Because I'm of sound mind, and she isn't well. She's just not well. Now, speaking of not well, and this will be the last thing, um, 
And again, remember, I'm going to have in the description below that Antifa manual and then a link to the Amazing Polly video as well. Uh, sorry, the Antifa document, the Antifa, whatever it's called, the Antifa manual. I highly recommend reading the whole thing again. But this last story again uh, popped up uh, yesterday, and it's from Gateway Pundit titled, Teachers Will Be Sent to San Diego Convention Center to Provide In-Person Learning for Migrants While Schools in Same County Remain Closed. I don't think I have to get into this story. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, if you needed any more evidence that school teachers are 100% fine breaking their contractual obligations, and that depending on the administration and how the administration feels about those contractual obligations, they will either enforce them or they won't. Clearly, in this case, they're not enforcing them. Because again, their own schools are closed, all packed up, and, uh, and, and no one is attending in person, but these teachers are apparently going to attend in person and teach illegals in a convention center. Uh, it's upside down. It's all upside down. If any logical administrator were in charge there, they would have said, they wouldn't have even considered doing something like this, let alone giving them permission to go. And if they did go instead of teaching in their own schools, then you should fire them. It's just astounding how many educators and administrators are essentially wiping themselves with their own contracts and their own legal obligations. They just don't care. It's lawlessness, basically. It's just lawlessness. So again, remember to check the description below for those documents in that video if you're interested, and catch you on Friday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless. <laughs>